Spirit Talkers is brought to you by Southwest Trading Company. Southwest Trading Company is located in Tulsa, Oklahoma at 1306 East 11th Street. Southwest Trading Company is an indigenous-owned business. They have a lot of items like jewelry, blankets, clothing, art, home decor, collectibles, and so much more. Go follow and like their Facebook page to keep up with all events at the store and where they may be setting up. And once again, that is Southwest Trading Company, located in Tulsa, Oklahoma, 1306 East 11th Street. Let them know Spirit Talkers sent you. This podcast is brought to you by Native Co. Bead and Supply, a native-owned and operated craft supply store founded to give Native artists a way to craft and sustain their creative minds and helping everyone create indigenously. You can shop online at nativecobeadsupply.com or in-store at 520 West 12th Street, Ada, Oklahoma, and let them know Spirit Talkers sent you. spirit talkers hello guys we are here uh we hope everyone had a good holiday season mm. good christmas and then new year's it's new year's now so i hope everyone had a great 2023 i know i know a lot of i guess tribes because ours are ours is like the first thunder of the spring that's our new year for pawnee for pawnees so but technically that's our new year yep but the mainstream new year 2023 is over and now we're in 2024 yep you know uh i had a pretty good uh christmas this year you know I, again i was out in the woods all by myself with that pitiful tree and nephew over here niece they come and brought me a a, a little foot little uh bigfoot character it uh spent christmas with me we sat there and we joked and laughed and ate little caesar pizza on christmas day you know and he was telling me all kinds of stories so i had a good christmas and uh i just want to thank you guys for that i hope oh yeah <clears throat> yeah we uh what'd you name him i named him littlefoot because he's a little bitty guy I can name him Wilson. No. <laughs> Get mad at him and throw him. God. <laughs> Bounce him off the wall. <laughs> but yeah, it was a good Christmas here. I didn't get anything. God. Just kidding. I got this brand new recorder, Zoom Pod Track 8. It was good. It was a good one. And then last night, well, this will be out in a few weeks, but. 
December 31st, we were at the sobriety powwow in Muskogee. And that was, um, I was there with Lone TP Productions, pointing out all the bad people in the crowd. Yeah. No. <laughs> all those cheaters. We were live. We saw you. No, but it was the 21st annual New Year's Eve sobriety powwow sponsored by the Friends of Sobriety. And that was at the Muskogee Civic Center. And I was there with Lone TV Productions. And I guess I guess you can call it commentary, I guess, is what we did. Because I don't really... Well, I guess, yeah. I would say like co-emceeing, but it was on stream. And so we were just chilling all night, talking funny, yeah. looking at everyone, the cheaters. Dang. <laughs> no. And you know who you were. <laughs> you don't send in nine ninety nine. <laughs> we're gonna blast you. I'll pull it up right now. Yeah, he's getting ready to post it on I Facebook. Got you, I got you circled on here. Instagram, TikTok. <laughs> you're gonna be nationwide like that. <laughs> no, but it was good. It was a good uh turnout. It was a lot of dancers. Um they had some cool uh, I guess like side things. I don't know. Like they had a coin toss um, where everybody got one side and if you picked uh, heads or tails and you picked head and you're on that side and you win. And so everybody would split up again. I thought that was pretty cool. And then they had the longest braid contest and they had the prettiest shawl and then had something else and I can't remember. But was that longest braid either your top of your head or your nose hair? No. <laughs> Eyebrow. Yeah. No, somebody's was I think the man the the guy who won it for the men's division was uh I think twenty seven inches. Mm. His braid. And then the women it was thirty seven. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. So I was telling Arthur, I said, let me get down there. I got my dread. <laughs> <laughs> and those comments were crazy on his live. Somebody said that old dread down there. <laughs> 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 so everybody, if you have not followed Lone TV Productions, go do that. He's going to be traveling around to different powwows this year. And the first one is Denver March. Mm. He will be in Denver March live streaming. If you can't make it, be live streaming that. Uh, I might be there. I don't know yet. If y'all want me there, let me know. <laughs> but, uh, but we're still trying to work stuff out. So, but go follow Lone TV Productions and everywhere. I mean, YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, Facebook, uh, Lone dot Live. I mean, he's gonna stream all the powwows. So, you might see me there. If you do, tell me a story. Mm. Sounds exciting. It better be. I'm just kidding. No, well, Denver, Denver, Denver March is usually a pretty good dance to go to. That's pretty exciting, and you have dancers from all over go over there. And they usually have quite a bit of drums show up, so mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool power if you've never been. You been there? Yeah, I've been there a couple of times, but a long time ago. I haven't been any recently. Is that call? Is it, is it the Coliseum that they power on? Have that power on? The Denver uh, Coliseum? 
I think uh, that, if I remember correctly, the one, one year I think they had it at um, some schools, uh, big auditorium for some reason. I can't remember why, but mm-hmm. anyway, it was huge. Not everybody could fit. So. Hmm. Okay. Well, I don't know if I'll be able to fit in there. Yeah. No, just kidding. <laughs> but let's get into so we have other stories. Let me just clarify everything. So we have other stories regarding what we're gonna talk about today. But these are like just random stories that people send or maybe we're late mm. to sending us stories about other topics we did. Like we have a few Christmas ones that didn't make the cut when we did Christmas. And they sent it to us like after we're done uh, recording and doing all that stuff that evening. And so I said, uh, we'll read them on the next one. Mm. So end in time Christmas. Mm. I don't know if you have any random ones. Uh, I probably do. I probably do. But let's get into it. Listener stories. Listener stories. Listener stories. Listener stories. All right, so I have one from, I believe, Katie Shaw. Uh, She said, on Christmas Eve 2013, I was a single mom. I was in a really good place and feeling happy for the first time in a very long time. So we were very into holiday spirit, singing carols, wearing matching sweaters, the works. The kids and I drove to my parents to open gifts on on Christmas Eve. We had a great time eating and telling stories, as you do. We said our goodbyes and headed home. I knew it would be a late night for me because I had to put together a Star Wars ship and a Ninja Turtles playset, and I am no engineer. We made it home, and as we were getting out of the car, my son, who was four at the time, pointed to the sky and said, What's that? My six-year-old daughter froze and whispered, It's Santa. Thinking it was just a plane, I didn't give it much attention until I noticed they were frozen and placed staring at the sky. I turned to look and there was nothing moving very, and there was something moving very slowly and low over the house. It had white and red flashing lights, which made me think a plane, but there was no noise and it was moving way too slowly. I couldn't determine any shape to it. We watched for several minutes as it moved away. I let them keep the idea that it was Santa and assured them and what was that? Uh, I told him to go to bed. I don't know what word that is, but I told him to go to bed. An hour later, I had forgotten about the sky object. I was halfway through constructing the TM- TMNT set when my elder dog started growling at the fireplace. He was 16 at the time and could probably give a crap about most things because he was so old. But he started growling and then ran towards it, barking. He stood on the ledge looking up the chimney, just barking. This went on for 30 minutes. I finished what I was doing, grabbed him, and took him to my bed. He quieted down and slept, but I stayed awake. Every sound had me tensing, but nothing else happened, and I fell asleep. To this day, my kids still talk about seeing Santa slay. They're 16 and 14 now, and ask me how I did that trick. I just smile and say magic, but I don't even know what to say. Was it Santa or was it Sky People visitors like in the movie Signs, which terrified me? It's probably better that I don't know. Anyway, not necessarily paranormal, but definitely something I cannot explain. Mm. She said, Merry Christmas to y'all. 
Mo, Golly. And then, yeah, just, and she has other stories too, so she's going to send them our way soon, but they don't, they're just museum stories and stuff. Yeah. Haunted museum stories. You know, the thing I, I like about that story, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, something, you know, you can't explain, you know, but, you know, the way I look at it, you know, in this story, you know, uh, I've said this many a times, but, you know, spirits will show themselves to you, you know, however they can, you know, sometimes and sometimes, you know, especially with children, you know, you know, spirits, most of the good ones, they like children, so they want to make them happy. Mm-hmm. You know, they want to, you know, play with them, you know, and do things. So, you know, to me, this, whatever this was, if it was a spirit, you know, of some sort, probably wanted to just, you know, uplift those kids for whatever reason, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, to me, I, I, I think, you know, even though it's paranormal and that's just, you know, my opinion, I don't know if that spirit was actually, you know, good or, you know, trying to do something positive, but, you know. I'm always uh, a big believer, you know, you always have your good spirits and then you have your not so good spirits. So, and I think this one was probably a good spirit trying to bring some holiday joy maybe to these kids and maybe it knew these kids really needed it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. And I know we talk about that too, about them wanting you to see them in a certain way. And mm-hmm. so that makes a lot of sense too. And but I mean it's it's crazy to think about it's Santa and his sleigh, his reindeer and all that. But I mean, like you said, it's just like making them happy, I guess, making them smile. Yep. So don't be afraid of Santa, everyone. Dang, I know it. Yeah, if you see him. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story that I'd like to uh read off. Uh this one's from hold on, let me get the the name right lavanda dockery she's a kansas university student there in lawrence kansas her story goes when i was 14 i was getting ready for orchestra practice but i had forgotten my instrument so i made my way to run back to the house as i opened the door I saw a woman figure dressed in a white top and white pants crossing her legs while I was sitting on the couch. She had an afro and looked as if she lived in the 1970s. As I grabbed my instrument by the couch, I ran out of the house and couldn't look back as I was afraid that what I saw wasn't it wasn't a figment of my imagination. When I told my mom, she said that she saw something similar. She said that when she saw, when she was talking to my dad, she saw a flash of the, of the woman in a white top and a black and white skirt with a shaved head. She moved so quick that the flow of her dress was seen. When I told my dad about what I saw in the living room, he looked at me and said, I think I know who that is. He then told me that this 
that his mom had a friend that fit the same description. When he was a kid, this friend would come over. She gave him a book called Listen, White Men. I'm bleeding. He showed me a physical copy that he had and said that when she had gave it to him, he wasn't old enough to read it. A book that size before my mom shared her experience. I thought that what I have seen wasn't real even though I felt the woman's presence as if a real person was watching me come into the house knowing that she is a real spirit and has me question her intentions on to why she was here. Wow. Where was that from? Huh? Where was that from? That's uh, from uh, Lavonda Dockery. She's from, uh, uh, she goes to school at uh, Kansas University in Lawrence. Oh, dang. Lawrence? Big hauntings over there, huh, Chris? Yep. Even at Kansas, you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How far is uh, KU from Haskell? I don't think it's very far. It's just, I know it's like on the, well, it's not, I don't want to say on the other side of town, but mm-hmm. it, you know, it's a, it's not like, I'd say probably maybe 12 blocks. Oh, really? So they're not far apart from each other, I don't think. Dang. We'll have to go to Lawrence sometime. Just walk around at night. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that story. Uh, and this one, wanted thoughts on this one, this, this person, uh, Isaiah Hole. So it's a pretty long one, um, but it's pretty creepy. Back in 2021, me and my lady had just moved with our family to a house in southeastern Oklahoma. The land was nice, and it sat just a football field in front of a creek that connects to Blue River. I was working overnight and remember seeing something, what appeared to be a tall, thin man with pale gray skin hanging off the bridge that runs over the creek. I asked my friend who was giving me rides to and from work if he noticed it too, to which he replied yes. As we got closer, however, this thing jumped off the bridge. It's about a 15-foot drop down to the creek with nothing but jagged rocks on either side. We both had no idea what it was, as I couldn't see a face or any hair or clothing for that matter. Fast forward a couple weeks later, my lady described something to me that by all means shouldn't exist. She told me that she had seen what she thought was a coyote, except it had the body of a human with the head of a coyote, completely covered in fur, and when she asked when he when she asked her mom if she saw it too, it simply vanished. She didn't see it run away, she just said it simply was gone. I asked her how tall it was, and she told me it was roughly maybe five feet tall, standing on two legs. After that, I refused to go out back at night. I used to love being in the backyard as it's full of snakes, and I love catching them and photographing them. But a year later, we were both heading home, coming up to that same bridge where I had my sighting, and we both saw a very massive brownish creature drop to the ground in the tall grass, I guess to avoid being seen. It was way too big to be a deer and looked more like a brown bear if it were laying down and you only seen the top half. We didn't see the head or face or even legs, just something dropped down out of the corner of our eyes. Another thing I completely forgot to mention, I was walking home late one night, probably around 2 a.m., 
when I came up the creek bridge where I had my sighting. The hair on the back of my neck stood up for a split second. I could have swore I heard a voice saying, Hey, kid. I didn't. I don't know if any of this is connected or not, but it sure did scare me. I don't even know if that's what I heard, but I figured I'd share that too. I thought I would be made fun of and ridiculed in this uh, in this group for posting our story, but surprisingly, over a hundred people commented, telling me they or someone they know have seen the same thing. Some say it was a skinwalker, others say it was dogman. And one thing I should also mention. And this happens even to this day from time to time we would both be sitting outside at night and the sounds of nature go dead quiet. The insects, birds, even the trees and wind seem to stop making noise. It lasts up for about five minutes and doesn't happen every day, just every so often. So actually there's two entities, one that's tall and gray and the other one looks kind of like a coyote. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. And then this is in southeastern Oklahoma. Dang. Dang, might be here. No. Yeah, so it's in <laughs> Broken Arrow, Oklahoma. <laughs> on 51st Street. No. <laughs> yeah. Right there. So right there on the corner of 71st. No. <laughs> no, I, I think that's a pretty cool story. You know, I know, uh, you know, Oklahoma's just got a lot of spooky places all over the place, you know, and, and, you know, again, you know, there can be a lot of explanations for both of these entities, you know, uh, again, you know, it could be anywhere from a shapeshifter or, you know, like they mentioned, like dog man, you know, type entity or, you know, uh, <clears throat> You know, amongst the creeks, uh, Seminoles, and the Cherokees, you know, we have these one spirits. And again, I'm not going to name it, you know, because, you know, you start talking about this, it'll start showing up, you know. And and it looks like a dog, but it kind of has a human face, human characteristic face. And I've been told by different elders that, you know, sometimes these things can speak to you, mm-hmm. can talk to you, you know, and, and you know, sometimes they can stand up, you know, like a man, you know, do things, you know. And, and again, you know, with Creeks and Seminoles, we've got all kinds of entities similar, you know, to this as well. And. I know for a fact I was coming from Perkins one day, uh, going towards Tulsa on that old, uh, I can't remember the name of that highway that goes, it's an old highway from Tulsa to to Perkins, and uh, I want to say Highway 51, but I might be wrong, but uh, anyway, I broke down right before I got to Manford. Are you familiar with what I'm talking about? You know, there's a little community there named Manford. And I had a blowout, you know, I had to, I had to get out. And uh, this was like super late at night and I didn't have no flashlight. And uh, I, I was getting out, you know, trying to uh, uh, look around, you know, get 
back then, you know, nowadays these newer cars they don't have car jacks and everything. You know, mm-hmm. back then you had to get that car tra- jack out of the trunk and you know jack it up, take that wheel off, and you know I was trying to do all that, but it was super dark and it was cloudy. And anyway, uh, you know, I was trying to look around and I didn't have no flashlight or anything and was trying to figure how to get this done and and I was working on it and you know, I was pulling out the uh, spare. And um by that time, you know, there was kind of a cool breeze and it, you know, when when you have wind like that, sometimes it moves the clouds and you know, the, the moon would uh appear you know behind the clouds you know and then it would disappear you know so for like a short amount of time i'd have you know just a little bit of light and you know i just started getting this uh eerie feeling and uh, where i broke down there was a woods right by the road you know if you ever travel down that road i'm talking about there's a lot of woods off that that road and Anyway, um, I just kept having a feeling like, you know, something was staring at me. Someone was looking at me and and I was all by myself. And, you know, like this was super late at night. You know, I was just trying to get back to Tulsa, get back home. And anyway, uh, uh, like I said, the moonlight appeared and I seen this uh, shadow of a dog standing in the tree line. You know, and that was close to my car. And I don't know, I, I was sitting there thinking, well, I hope this isn't, you know, one, one a wild dog, you know, mm-hmm. one that, you know, might, might have, you know, got rabies or something like that. Or, you know, and hopefully it's a friendly dog. You don't come over here and bite me. So I was looking for that uh, tire iron just in case that dog, you know, got froggy. No, but... <laughs> Anyway, uh, I noticed that dog started walking up to me slow, and uh, it closer it got to me, you know, of course, it was going super slow, so it, it was just like it would inch up, and then it would stop, and then it would go dark because of the clouds, you know, because of the... Yeah, you because know, the wind and when it would go dark, I would lose sight of this dog, you know. And by this time, that dog had my whole focus, you know, because I didn't know what it was going to do. You know, I was sitting there going, Oh man, if I got to take this dog on, and, and the closer it got, the bigger it was, you know, I noticed I could figure out the size of this dog. And this was a pretty good, good sized dog. You know, it was even taller than this table, you know, and I was sitting there thinking, man, this dog's going to, you know, if it's a, if it's, if it's got rabies or if it's, you know, just a mean dog, I'm, I might have a tough time with this thing. And so by this time I, I got off the ground and I was standing up facing that dog. And about that time, you know, again, the wind blew those clouds and I had moonlight again. And there it was probably about, I'd say probably about 10 feet away from me. That was pretty, pretty close, 10 feet away. And I noticed, uh, that it looked like it had a broke shoulder. So it was moving kind of eerie, you know, it was walking. 
And when that moonlight hit its face, it had a human face. No way. And <laughs> by this time, you know, I was, when I seen that human face, I started to back up. You know, I started to try to walk backwards away from this thing. Uh, because again, you know, I know a lot of stories about these kind of things. And I know a lot of times these stories don't end in a good way. And so I started backing up, backing up and it stopped. It stopped walking towards me. And then it disappeared because again, you had the clouds, you know, covered the moon again and it got pitch black. And so by that time, I, w I had that tire iron, you know, and I was ready to, you know, swing away, you know, if uh, that thing, you know, and I was sitting there thinking, man, this thing, you know, it's got a human face. And, you know, I was, I, I, I began to pray, you know, you know, that, you know, creator watch over me and protect me. And if this is my time, then, you know, may he, you know, take care of me. You know, and so by the time I finished praying, you know, that wind had whipped up and, you know, again, I had uh, moonlight. And by this time, uh, that thing was standing right in front of me. And <clears throat> it just looked me up and down. And I told it, I said, you know, I'm, I'm. I'm coming home from work and I'm just trying to head home. I said, I don't, if this is your territory, I don't mean any disrespect. I'm just here. You know, I, my car broke down. I'm trying to get it, get it fixed and I'll be out of your, your, your territory. And so anyway, make a long story short, you know, I, uh, I asked it to leave me alone to go about its business so I can, finish mine and I'll get out of its territory and again it looked me up and down and then it turned to the right and it began to walk down that road and while I had still that that moonlight boy I really jumped down and I was trying to put that tire on real quick and you know, trying to tighten everything up. I was, I was like on one of those NASCAR <laughs> sets. Well, <laughs> you know, I lowered that jack. I didn't even put it up. I just threw it in the trunk and jumped in the car. And, you know, I took off, you know. But when right when I left, I seen that thing still walking down the road. But when I turned my car lights on to head that same direction, that dog was gone. So. Oh my gosh! Yeah, right when you said I felt something watching me, I hate that feeling. It it made me feel like I was being watched. Like, but I know we're all here. But it's just when you say that, it's like you feel it too, because you know that feeling, and it's like just creepy. It's just like I don't know. And then to see all that, man, it was. I don't know how you did it, Chris. I would have just started walking. I'm like, here, you can have the car. <laughs> Yeah. You want a new car? I can walk. <laughs> you just got to change that tire. That's all. That's, like, <laughs> that's all you got to do. It's yours. Yeah. 
but that's truly terrifying oh man i mean i've heard of stories too i mean we even talked about it like dog man and everything but just dogs that can walk on two legs and have human faces and i think there's even a rumor around pawnee that there used to be a dog like that that would walk around on its two legs this uh you know like i was saying you know creeks we creeks and seminoles you know we got a lot of stories about these kind of things and the first thing that popped in my head, you know, um, you know, we believe in these entities that basically are, are described like that. They're, you know, they have that dog body, but yet they still have that human face. Mm-hmm. And they're known to, you know, stand on their hind legs and walk like men. But these things are supposed to take off with you. Mm-hmm. They're evil spirits and they'll take you. If they want you. But normally, you know, they're called after somebody. And if they're not after you, you know, they can still kill you and leave you. They just won't take you. Mm-hmm. Because you're not what it's after. And so <laughs> that was the first thing that popped in my head. I said, like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm seeing, you know, I've heard all these stories and. Now, you know, this thing truly had a human face. And that's something I will never forget. You know, and, you know, everybody else can say, I I don't believe you. That's on you, guy. I know what I saw and I knew where I was at. And again, you know, if you know that area, you know, that's kind of like in between Pawnee and and Creek, Creek Nation territory. And to me, it just made sense, you know, because, you know, just cross the little ways down the road you know you can step into creek country and you know again you know creeks we've got a lot of stories like that of these things that roam around the woods and and these back roads so i don't know yeah so isaiah hall um thank you for your story i think we're just gonna sum it up to i don't know i mean that's what he said was happened in 2021 Mm -hmm. and so and I mean, we even go back to that time of like just a lot of things happening within the world and stuff. So, mm-hmm. I mean, if there's recent, more recent stuff like now, maybe, I mean, keep sending it in. And But as of right now, it could be Dogman. Chris had a good story about what it might be. And I mean, the grayish, tall, thin man, pale gray. I don't know. That might be the rake, too. I mean, I've heard of the rake and I've seen videos of the rake. And if you don't know what the rake is, look that up. We might do an episode on the rake. I know we've been, I know we talked about that too a long time ago, but that kind of, that made me think of that, of the rake. And, and then what else was there? Oh, the brown, like a brown bear. That might've been Bigfoot too. Mm -hmm. I mean, so, I mean, you're in Southeastern Oklahoma, so there's no telling really. It's just a lot of things that could, but if there's more recent things, let us know. Um, one of the things I was wanting to kind of also talk about, you know, uh, I know recently uh, I went and seen this movie. I, I don't. I think it's called The Iron Claw. It's about the Von Erichs and wrestling. I didn't know that. I thought it was a kung fu movie. And uh, <laughs> I went to go see it. You know, again, people tell me about movies, you know, I... I, I don't really check it out. I just go and see them. And I thought it was a 
kung fu movie and went in there and you know it was uh about the von erics and the wrestling you know industry you know and and uh i thought it was a pretty good movie um you know it really talks about you know the wrestling and things that were going on during the time of their reign you know and and the thing i i liked about that movie you know it talked about you know curses you know, that family believed they had a curse on them, you know, and, you know, all through this movie, you see them talking about this curse, and you seen these individuals, his brothers pass away, you know, and, and at the end, you know, there's a, somewhat of a resolution at the end of the movie, and Anyway, you know, to me, you know, uh, I think a lot of the things we talk about on this show, you know, was, was, uh, I don't know how you say, uh, it was in that movie. And so, you know, to me, you know, I think the whole world is beginning to be more aware of, you know, paranormal activity and supernatural type things that, I thought that was a pretty, pretty cool movie. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. I hope I named it right. I don't know. I think, it, yeah, I think it's the Iron Claw. Because I, I didn't even know it was out yet, Chris. Mm. And then when you told me that it was it dealt with supernatural stuff, I was very surprised. Yeah, me too. You know, again, I thought it was a kung fu movie. But, you know, after, you know, Again, watching it, you know, that's all they talked about in that movie was, you know, the curse, you know, curse on that family. And I remember that, you know, I remember watching wrestling and people would, you know, have that uh, uh, talk about that, that family being cursed. And, you know, again, you know, uh, not to spoil the movie for you, but, you know, his brothers, you know, they all had, uh, had, uh, how do you say it? fate you know they had uh, tragic fates yeah tragic fates you know and so you know uh again you know i remember back in the day you know that was the big blow up you know was that you know that curse was real you know it was you know actually affecting that family but you know what i, I thought was kind of crazy was even thinking back back to those times is how come they didn't never go try to get any help for it i mean i don't know that was just my thought you mm-hmm. know after the end of the movie they probably didn't know like how to do that maybe like get help i guess yeah well that's true they're probably just like oh curse gotta deal with it i just gotta i guess i have to watch it because i want to see that in godzilla minus one but yeah the iron claw i just not looked it up that's what it's called and Zach Efron, friend of the show. Mm. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> so he'll be on next week. No. Talk about his view on that movie like that. No. I'll have to watch it and we'll have to talk about it because I want to see it. Yeah, you, you, you need to go see it. It's pretty cool. So I hope I didn't ruin any of it for you. But, you know, again, uh, if you grew up during that time, you know, uh, early 70s, you know, with the uh, Von Erichs and, you know, uh, all those uh, superstars 
back in the day, Ric Flair when he was actually young. Dang, he's he's super old now, still yeah. trying to wrestle. I said, dang, that guy's crazy. <laughs> but you know, <laughs> yeah, they they even uh, you know show him. They even have uh, someone play Ric Flair in that movie, which I thought, man, they could have got someone better than that to play Ric Flair. I mean. He didn't even have the woo really? down right. So anyway, <laughs> I thought, dang, they need someone better that can put that woo on there like that. <laughs> was his hair fluffy at least? Yeah, his hair was, uh, but it wasn't like Ric like Flair. The real, yeah, it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like the nature boy. The nature. God, when he showed up. And that guy, I don't know, you know, Ric Flair was Definitely one of a kind, you know. He was a good, uh, I don't know what you call it, showman, mm-hmm. you know. And, and uh, back then, you know, uh, I actually remember seeing these guys. Everybody in that movie, you know, that they were naming, I seen them at different VFWs, you know. Even here in Tulsa, I seen all those guys wrestle. Here in Tulsa at the fairgrounds, you know, and seeing these or, or remembering that, it took me back, you know, when I was young, my uncle would, I had an uncle just loved wrestling, boy, you better not ever tell him that that's fake, mm-hmm. or you'd get an elbow right on the head, no, <laughs> say, is that fake, guy, is that fake, God, you'd be sitting there crying, no, said, no, no. You ever see that video of, um, uh, I forgot who it is, but it's just interviewer. And he's going around interviewing wrestlers. And this is from a while back. I mean, this is probably around that time. And he's in the back with the locker room. And he's interviewing some wrestler. And I can't remember who it is. But he's like, um, uh, I want to talk to you for a second. Uh, is wrestling fake? And that dude, I mean, he gets so mad. And he slaps him in the face. And he mm. slaps him again. And he said, was that fake? Yeah. <laughs> he's like, is that fake? Tell me. Man. And he kept slapping him over and over in that. I mean, the interviewer guy is probably like five, five, maybe. He's a real tiny guy, and yeah. he's just getting slung around, and he's getting slapped around. <laughs> well, that's what he gets, was calling it fake. No, Back then, I mean, you had some serious matches. Yeah. I remember uh, uh, I seen the Junkyard Dog come to Okmulgee, Oklahoma. And, nice. Uh, he took on, I can't remember who it was. It was that... Um, was it the Sheik or something like that? One of those Iron Sheik, the Iron Sheik, and boy, they battled it out at the VFW. Man, people was going nuts, and <clears throat> I remember uh, my uncle got good seats. We were right, you know, right on that, uh, right by the ring, and man, you know, back then you would see blood, you know, real blood. It wasn't none of that fake blood, you know, and. Um, again, we got splattered by that blood and boy, my uncle thought that was just pretty cool. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know, and afterwards, you know, uh, uh, he was, he was a big junkyard dog fan and, and, you know, he just, he just loved that, you know, again, you know, I, I remember those, those matches, you know, and, and them coming down to these little small communities and wrestling and. It was always pretty cool. That's what that movie kind of made me think of. Mm-hmm. That would be cool. I'd love to have blood splattered on me. Front go. row. Yeah. That, mean, that'd that, be an honor. That, that's way before all these things you got to be worried about now. So, yeah. Dang, you get it now. You'd be 
Going to the doctor, getting tested. <laughs> Back then, just lick it off of you. Yeah. I'm just kidding. So it's Kool Aid. <laughs> well, it's crazy, like, because I know now it's it's changed a lot now to where I don't even think they can really show blood anymore. But like growing up, for me, it was like they would had they would have hardcore matches, and I mean they would beat each other with. Uh, two by fours spiraled out with uh, what is it, barbed wire fence? Mm-hmm. And they would throw each other on the um, the lights, um, the fluorescent lights. They would throw each other on that, and they would throw each other on uh, tacks. And oh yeah, it was yeah. crazy, dude. Like I look back now, and it's like, man, that was a crazy time of wrestling. Because I mean, it was like anything goes. Because they were just trying to get TV ratings and stuff. You know what was even crazier though is that. When kids would go home, that's what they'd be doing yeah. in the backyard. That's you what know? I was doing. I'd be. I remember. I don't know if Joby remembers this, but I pedigreed him one time. Yeah. In the yard <laughs> across the road, and I mean we we're just like fake wrestling, and I pretended. To the, I don't know how we knew to not really kick each other and hit each other. Like we're just, you know, going with the motion. But when we did the moves on each other, though, that was real. And I remember like. I pretended to kick him, and he went down, and I kind of just put him in the powerbomb position. But I pulled his arms up, and I dropped, like, right on his oh face on the ground. And, I mean, like, as a kid, you are not, you don't really understand that that really hurts. Because yeah. all of your weight is going on them, and you don't know how to... Because they, they release, like, themselves a little, so not all of that weight is on them. Yeah. So now, looking back, it's like, man, I could have really hurt him you know like yeah. and then we would have like, we would go down the road and have hardcore right hardcore matches with other kids like throw mm-hmm. each other through tables and stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm talking yeah. about that's what yeah. i'm talking about we were we were crazy we would jump off like sofas on each other i don't know man it was it was fun though <laughs> it was at a time when you couldn't really get hurt yeah now think about it, it was like man i'd I'd but, hurt myself. But, you know, there were people that actually did get hurt, you know, those backyard matches. You know, I knew a, a friend of mine, he got he got messed up. You know, they him and his friend went jumped off the roof and onto a table, you know, and jacked his back up, you know. And uh, I had another friend, you know, do that power bomb and, you know, he yeah. got, got his neck jacked <laughs> up and, you know, and. But you know, again, you know, that was that was a thing to do, I guess. You know, yeah. You, yeah, only a few guys got hurt, but you know, rest of the time it was all good. <laughs> a lot of fun. Yep. A lot of elbows to the face. You know, a lot of knees to that back. You know, got a lot of guillotines put on people. You know. It, it was an exciting time growing up. You, you didn't have a guillotine put on you. You didn't live. Yeah. <laughs> if you didn't get pedigreed on the ground, you weren't living. Yeah. <laughs> but I guess we'll get into what we want to talk about today. Okay. Some, uh, some real, real haunted houses. That's right. Uh, so somebody asked me, too, like, would you, I guess, consider, like, a well, we we talked about haunted houses, like attractions, I guess, during the Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. And so people are wondering if 
those stories are appropriate for this one too. Yeah. And I said, yeah, but I never got any, but <laughs> yeah, but I got like, uh, I got a few where I got a lot of like stories from people about just houses and stuff. I don't know if you, Oh wait. Uh, so we're going to our, the main topic. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> With that being said, we're going to go to Garrett Cooper for our first story. Nice. Garrett, Garrett Cooper, he's uh, he lives in the state of Alaska. Here it goes. Here's the story. I was nine years old. It was January of 1991. At this point, there was only three of us living in the new house. My middle brother, my mom, and myself. I used a Lincoln log roof the night before to scratch my back the night before this happened. I placed it in the wood frame of the bunk bunk bed in my bedroom. My brother and I were working on a light bright at the kids' table in the living room. The roof whistled past us. In between us, our heads spun the roof hit the wall and fell to the floor. We both looked behind us. There was no one. I went to my room and I looked for the Lincoln Log roof. It wasn't there. Then we went and opened the bathroom door and told our mom who was in the shower. Or who, I guess she was in the shower bathroom when this had happened. After I told her, I searched the house first nobody it was just us three there my grandparents and the preacher came over and we all prayed after that we never had another haunting or unexplained happening happen there again i grew in the projects of the village here in in i guess that unk yeah unk oh Unk, and I thought he was talking about the UK. No, he might be. It said the newer houses put up in 1990 are built on old Eskimo graveyards. By projects, I mean low-income housing. The village here moved three times in the last 300 or 400 years due to illnesses so scattered. Eskimo graveyards are around everywhere, and so are casual hauntings. Thank you for your time. Garrett, I want to say Mado for that story. That's awesome. And to continue that, another one from Garrett. Awesome. Yeah. So, winter 2019, I got up to use the bathroom late in the night. As I was going back into my room, I thought my six-year-old woke up because I moved. He didn't cry or whimper or anything. It was silent. I placed my hands on his shoulders and was letting him know I just had to use the bathroom. As I put my hands on his shoulders, helping him uh, find the bed in the dark, whatever it was vanished a puff of smoke or mist. I looked over at the bed and he was sleeping soundly. I made myself go back to sleep and telling myself, if the thing or spirit wanted me dead, I would ha I would have been dead already without knowing it. My sister-in-law stays at the house my wife 
at the house my wife and I were in. She see she sees a little girl ghost. Mm. Garrett's got some heat coming in. Yeah. UNK. I don't know. Is no. that is that did he make it like a property, I guess? When he's when he Oh, wrote? I don't, I don't know. I switched to a different story. Oh. Oh. I'm not a smart man. <laughs> I knew you were just right. We're just dying to play that. Oh, no. This one is uh, is um, from anonymous. They want to be anonymous, and uh, let's see if I can get this right. We had moved into a house that had been abandoned for many years. Neighbor. Neighbor kids had told us the lady who lived there had died in that house and she was mean. They also told us that their dad had died across the street from our house. Thought they were just trying to scare us. We would hear things hit the floor or sounded like the doors would slam. But all the doors would be open, nothing on the floors Years later, my mom moved out and of it, and I moved back in with my friend and her kids. We made one of the extra rooms a playroom for our kids, and we hung a curtain up over the doorway since there was never a door there. One night, my friend, friend's brother came over and was sleeping on the couch, which was across the room, from the playroom. He had his back to the playroom and he heard a ball bouncing. He thought, Why are these kids up at 3 a.m. playing? He turned over to see who it was and no one was there, but a basketball rolled out from under that curtain and rolled right to the couch where he was laying. He was so scared that he ran home which was about 10 blocks away. He said, I will never be in that house when it gets dark. And he never did. The water faucets would turn on by themselves. I've seen different colored orbs come from the hallway. Lights would turn on and off by themselves. That's always the scariest. Oh, no. Thank you for that story. That was... Spooky. Say their name. No. <laughs> Man, I'm enjoying all the stories you got. I mean, because I got a. Hold on. I just had this one. Um, There it is. Okay. It's a pretty long one, so bear with me, everyone. I might mess up. But this person said. Uh, Northern Wisconsin, the ghost that used to frequently be in the home I used to live in. Well, she's probably still there. Uh, and her name is, uh, the I guess the ghost's name is Forrest Rose. She killed herself in the garage because her boyfriend didn't want children. And she did. And I don't know if she was pregnant or not at the time. But there was a burn mark left from the exhaust pipe into the cement of that floor. 
I had my baby when I lived there and I would see her every day, every night. She'd come into the room as a mist, like a white mist. When my son cried, she'd come in and stand next to the bed while I changed him and got him fixed up, started started feeding them and then she'd walk or float out the door the same house had at least three spirits i could hear them in the walls at night when it was quiet so there was forced there's forest rose there was an old man that smelled like cigars once a month near the same time but you could only smell him when he was in the hallway there definitely was another one that wasn't very nice the shower uh shower had Oh, the shower had, I kid you not, help scratch into the side of it. The shower had help scratch into the side of it. You could only tell at a certain angle that it was there, but it was big and was at least the size of my hand. And the lettering scratched into the side of the shower. You know, the white, red, you know, everybody's looks, you know, you know, the white, red, you know, everybody's looks the same. Oh, I guess the shower, white and red. Uh, once late at night and then once late at night I was sitting on my couch watching TV and something right next to my head yelled hey really loud at me it must have been two in the morning I always hated sleeping in that house I just froze and sat there I finally called a friend and made her sit on the phone with me and she finally passed out an hour later and left me alone a few times I had the TV shut off on me and it was a really old setup it just had the VCR and the TV with the antenna. It was nothing cool about it. There was no remote, so I had to get up and turn the TV back on. And then five minutes later, it shut off again. And yes, the TV was old, but it wasn't that old. Then the same house, the kids got library books. They were probably like three or four. Three and four or four and five, my two oldest ones. And then my youngest was an itty-bitty guy. So we're going to read that book, and the kids kept saying, oh... I want to drink water. Oh, I got, I got to go to the bathroom. I got to do this and that stalling. I got mad and I was like, come on then, let's go. We went back in there. I got them all settled, was going to read the book and the book was nowhere to be found. It was gone. I set it on top of a dresser that was too tall for either one of my kids to grab. Plus they were with me getting drinks of water and going to the bathroom and making excuses that and that book stayed gone for months until I finally found it on the bottom of that same dresser, buried under a bunch of stuff. I had to mm-hmm. tell the library about the ghost of my house. They got a kicked out. They got a kick out of it and didn't charge us a late fee. So I guess it worked out. <laughs> Dang. So they got that hookup from the ghost. God. <laughs> Thought you were gonna say that ghost kicked him out. Well, <laughs> so get out. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for that, uh, to be anonymous. So thank you for those stories. It's a lot of creepy stuff happening. How would you say this name? I think it's Cowit. We got a story from Sarah E. Cowit off of Facebook. You know, hers are pretty short. She just said, uh, her place is haunted. Uh, She's seen things that shouldn't be there. TVs and computers coming on by themselves at any time, but mostly at 3 a.m. Dang, that's spooky. They always say when that happens, you know, it's if it's always at 3 a.m., it's supposed to be a not such good spirit. What do they call it? Don't they call that something? 
the 3 a.m. hour. It's not the witching hour, right? That's uh, I, yeah, you're right. It has a name, but I can't, I can't think of it. But the, you know, they usually refer to that as you know the demonic time. Mm-hmm. You know that this thing will show up. You know, some of them will say three o'clock. Some will say three thirty-three. If it happens to you like that all the time, then it's sending you a message. The devil's hour. Mm. That's what it's, that's what it's called. I think Talitha Levere. I think is that right, Chris? Levere. Yeah. Talitha Levere. We used to live in the old superintendent's house at the Pawnee Reserve, and people would ask if we experienced anything at all. Since there was a murder suicide that occurred there, and Chris said, "No, I'm just kidding." <laughs> no, since there was a murder suicide that occurred there, um. And, you know, as long as we were there, I didn't really experience anything in the house, but a few guests did. But living out on the reserve was a different story. My younger cousin saw something looking at her in the BIA building one night. She was walking through there. She had her little girl with her and turned around, turned around and headed towards the house. We lived in a rather than we lived in house we lived in rather than go into the darkness that was further ahead my mother my mother got onto her feet got onto her for walking around there at night with with that little one since there are stories of little of little people out there i mean like it's that's scary because i know what it's like out there we did an investigation out there sort of we did like a tour i guess when we did a show out in the pawnee but man, back then, yeah, when it was dark out there, like now there's there's lights out there, there's street lights out there, there's a lot of lighting out there. But I mean, before that, we would go out there and just hang out and uh, ghost hunt a little bit. But it was complete darkness. It was it was terrifying back then. Marie, this one real quick. Okay. Uh, so this one, I live in a modern home. And I and my three kids moved in our home in 2017. I know it doesn't sound bad, but in the past, constant movement, doors closing, footsteps, and orbs in the front yard, it got annoying. I tried everything. Nothing worked. Only thing that worked is making a food plate every now and then. My daughter seen a small girl also. I learned before the Muscogee people was forced to move here, the Wichita lived here. So out of all other native people, homes that don't bother me. So out of all other non-native people, homes that don't bother me. I've been around this since 2000s. I received my BA at Haskell. Haskell is a whole big crazy spirit story too. Mm. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to keep that one anonymous. Anonymous this is. Yeah. Okay. I have one from uh, Luke Penny. And um, she says her family was living in Flandre, South Dakota, on the res. My bros and sis were playing upstairs, being loud. We were the only ones home. I'm the youngest. My bro and sister were being loud down the hall in the living room. Nobody else was home, but something from downstairs yelled, Quiet! I heard it. They all heard it. 
I was at the opposite end of the house, freaked out. Still had to take care of business and ran back to the, to them. The end. Dang. Thank you, Luke, for that. Another creepy story. These are all good, man. I got one from uh, Georgia Morrell. I'm going to ask Russell if he can read this to me, for me. We moved to Wisconsin in 89. I was six. This house was tribal owned. Big two-story house, five bedrooms, full basement house. To understand, you ought to know the layout. When you walked into the front door, I guess you could you would call it a mudroom. But there was a closet, a door to the garage. You could go downstairs or upstairs. Going down the stairs, you stared into the laundry room. If you would turn left and down the hall was two bedrooms. Going right down the hall was the bathroom and the basement. Going upstairs, it was a tiny, tiny hall entry entryway with a banister right in front of that was a closet door turn left down the hall two bedrooms and a bathroom right over the banister was a living room with two big bay windows we don't know what this was or how many of them were there or how many of them there was but according to my dad and baby sister there was something sinister and some just lost the lost ones they could see or hear every day the sinister one would come and go but frequently I myself have never seen or heard anything before, but it was my mindset then to block everything out. But one night I was eight years, then I, one night I was eight, then I stayed with a friend. When I got dropped off, my brother was supposed to, was supposed to have been there, but he took off with his friends and thought he would be back before I got there. But I was alone. I went upstairs and sat on a couch, then sat right up on the hall of the banister, and I turned the TV on. I yelled downstairs for my brother. No answer. So I turned the TV on and was sitting there. Then I could hear the door handles jiggle. These door handles is like old school cheap aluminum kind. I don't know, but they made noise. So I walked around the banister and down the first two steps, leaned over and yelled for my brother again. No answer. So I went back and sat down again. And then it was back to back the door handles again, but it was too rattling this time. I started to get scared by then. I turned the TV up to drown the noise, but it didn't help. I it just got it didn't help. It just got louder and to where all five of the rooms downstairs uh rooms downstairs handles was rattling. I just sat there scared, listening to see See if I could hear my brother messing around. I sat there for a good 20, 25 minutes and my brother came into the, came into, came in from the front door. I jumped up and ran around and he was coming up the stairs. I asked him if it was him and he said no. He came upstairs and turned the TV down and told me nothing or no one was down there. As soon as he said that, the doorknob started rattling like crazy and the door started going and the, and the door started to open and slam. I got close to my brother and asked what that was. He just got up and went around the banister two steps down and yelled for it to quit. All the doors stopped and he turned around something. I don't know. I don't know what, but you could hear it coming, come running up the stairs. Gives me chills talking about this right on the top step where the banister starts. My dad hung a big Ziploc bag of cedar right there. 
We never knew why until that evening. When my brother heard running up the stairs, he jumped a banister and we sank way down on the couch. I think at one point I was on the floor in front of the couch, but this thing ran up both stairs, Mm. would stop by the cedar somehow, open the closet door that was in front of the banister and would run back down the stairs, rattle all the doorknobs, open and slam them. It did this for a good 15 minutes. My brother wouldn't get up, but would yell. And when he did, this thing would go even more crazier, crazy, would go even more craziness where it would all happen at one time, making up making us think it was more than one soon after all the doors slammed shut and it was quiet and then my dad walked into the front door we told him what was happening he went through our house burning cedar praying told us everything was okay now that was the first time i have ever heard anything or even thought of a ghost thought of a ghost or anything supernatural like that but trust me i believe now and when we see it and believe me now and when we've seen it another story i believe that stuff is out there i believe my kid i believe my dad kept us protected from all that for as long as he could and we finally had to call my mom's family and my mom's family in who was in who was a medicine man he said someone opened up gates with pod meetings and when that happens and they aren't shut right things like that happen and they stay mm-hmm. until the same group goes back in there and shuts them it never happened while we lived there. We moved out of that house in 99, so 10 years we experienced things. But like I said, my dad did what he did to keep us protected from stuff. And he could keep it at bay for a while. But always came back. Uh, the housing told us that people don't want to stay in that house. They will ask to move, but in tribal housing you don't have a choice. I haven't been home in years, but last I knew my nephew's cousin's lived there and they was asking what they needed to do to make it stop i can't remember if my dad ever helped them out before we moved back here to oklahoma or not Mm. thank you for that story that was awesome man i never thought of that like the meetings opening up stuff like that that's why i keep saying you know nowadays you got anybody running these meetings they don't really know what they're doing. You know, again, there was etiquette, there was rituals, there was things that, you know, you were supposed to listen to and, and abide by. But nowadays, you know, they, they're turning it all general, you know, and you're going to run into these kind of problems, you know, because lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a, uh, Yeah. I mean, that goes into a lot of what we talk about with opening portals and gates and all that. And I would have never have guessed about peyote meetings. But then again, I've never been to one. So I don't know that type of way, I guess. And I would tell Chris to tell all the secrets on here, but. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, we're getting this. <laughs> Thrown out. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't say anything. <laughs> oh. Well, since yes, we're gonna have to. We're gonna make that moon right here. <laughs> Show y'all how to properly go. Oh, no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was an awesome story. You know, again, you know, a lot of these stories, you know, they, you know, just like that one. 
you know, basically, you know, kind of supports the things that we're always saying on this show. You know, these things can be real. They can be hard to get rid of. You know, you just have to be, um, you have to really be careful out there what you do. Yeah, you really do. It's scary, man. It's scary to, I don't know. I see so many people on TikTok too. Like, I know we talked about people doing, I guess, rituals or seances and stuff. And there's more people doing them now. And they're just seeing these black figures, shadows coming around and they record them. And, and I just think to myself, like, I wonder, I wonder what they did to make that happen. Cause people go on live and they do this stuff. I know it. it's crazy. it's crazy, dude. Like, I because one time I was watching one and this guy was, had candles set up all around him and he was reciting some something from some book and and then all of a sudden his live cut off and then like a few days later he had like just random videos I guess from his phone I guess the internet went out or something I don't know what happened but. He had videos of him walking around his house and something was moving stuff and he was asking it what it was and who are you? (laughs) And then I was just, I was just sitting there like, what, 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 why are people doing this? Like, and I'm sure he never closed it. Right. Yeah. You know, again, you know, this internet thing is, you know, crazy, you know, just like you're saying, you know, there's some ceremonies that you know you, you really shouldn't video you know for whatever reason you know shouldn't be done but you're seeing these things on here and the one that blew me away you know i i have a lot of respect for the navajo people the Dene people you know the things that they do you know they're they're kind of one of the last tribes that really have you know those those kind of ways you know but even with them, you know, you're starting to see those sand painting ceremonies, you know, those those uh, sacred ceremonies that, you know, you really shouldn't be videoing on YouTube now. You know, and, and that's that really blows my mind, you know, that, you know, you're you're getting to see these things and. I don't know. I, some some part of me, you know, says, you know, it is educational. You know, people need to kind of know uh, about these things. But, you know, sometimes, you know, you there's a fine line sometimes on some of these things, especially if you're doing this to actually help someone, you know, to ward something off, you know, because everybody that goes to these meetings, they're, how do you say it, susceptible or they're they're open to get harmed even when they go to these ceremonies if they don't come correct you know that's why those old guys used to say if you're not prepared then you need to excuse yourself and only you know that and nowadays you know they all pile in there and nobody you know whatever whatever the situation is you know they'll they'll all stay in there you know and and sometimes people with negative forces on them only bring more power to those negative things that are in there that they're trying to vanquish. And, you know, again, I, it's, 
it's just crazy to see, you know, everything that you're seeing now. And, you know, I don't know. That's just what I was thinking. But, you know, if you, I've got some stories that I want to have read, but I want to make sure all our short ones are, are done, you know, because these ones are going to be super long. Yeah, I have one long one. And I know Chris does too, so the short ones are are pretty much done. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and let you. So this one's, uh, I mean, it's long because there's there's about three separate stories, but um, yeah, anonymous, 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 everyone. So who is it? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it is no. <laughs> when we stayed with my grandma out west in the country. My husband used to hear footsteps walking up and down the hallway. There were several nights he would wake me up and ask me if I heard it. I was, of course, dead asleep when he did, but I never heard it. One night, though, during one of the holidays, a lot of us families stayed the night there. Most of us slept in the living room area. My husband and I were sleeping in one on one air mattress, and some cousins of ours were sleeping on another air mattress next to us with their baby girl who was a few months old at the time. That night, he woke me up again. Babe, do you hear that? I laid there listening, waiting to see if I could hear something, and I didn't. I asked what it, what it is, or what is it? He said, I hear it again. Someone's been walking up and down the hallway, but I don't see anyone. I said, you're probably just hearing things and told him to go back to sleep. Uh, for some reason, this time scared me a little more than the others. Some time had passed, not sure how much time, but the baby had woke up and was crying. But of course, we all woke up until she was rocked back to sleep. I didn't think much of it. The next morning, my husband said, did you remember me waking you up and asking if you heard someone walking up and down the hallway? And he said, I couldn't go back to sleep. And when you had fallen asleep, I heard it again. But this time, whatever it was, walked towards us and woke that baby up. That gave me the creeps. All the time I had been there growing up, I never heard what he heard, but other family had recalled hearing something similar. I'm just glad I never did. Mm. Dang. And then another time, I had a cousin who was staying at the same home place with her boyfriend and kids. Her boyfriend had started to record the kids, just taking videos of them playing games, having fun. Then he noticed something weird. Or then he noticed weird things about the videos he took when he played them back. He had showed me these videos and wanted to know my opinion. The first videos you noticed in the orb, it looked like it would bounce around from kid to kid. And I thought, okay, that's odd. Another video, he had me turn the volume up. Very faintly in the background, you could hear a woman crying, like weeping. Mm. And you could hear her saying, help, help me. I thought, yo... He showed me two more videos. The first video, the first one, the first one of the, the first one video of the two was of his daughter playing and shoving and showing the camera her toy. Then she dropped it and you heard a voice say, "Uh oh, some moments later in the same video, my mom jumped in and was being funny. Well, when she walked away, she was laughing and that same voice that said, "Uh oh, mocked her laugh. The second video was of his daughter again she was dancing then you hear the voice say don't do it it was super clear the best way i could describe the voice sounding like is smeagol from lord of the rings i know that sounds funny but i swear it sounded just like that 
Those videos were something wicked. I had never heard anything like that before. The next day I asked him to send me those videos, but he said my cousin made him delete them. She told him not to record anymore. She was spooked by them. One of the craziest things I'd ever heard was in those videos, but I guess it wasn't meant for anyone to hear them. I still get chills thinking about hearing that voice. Mm. And then <clears throat> that same house, I grew up hearing so many stories. Never did I really have anything happen to me except for one time. My fam used to talk about a phantom car that would pull up. We had a long gravel driveway. You could always hear when a car was pulling up. One morning I was home alone. My grandma would leave me at the home while she worked. Some days she'd come home during her break, but always for lunchtime. It was around 10 a.m., and I was just waking up, and I heard what sounded like a car pulling up a driveway. I think to myself, maybe it's grandma coming home. So I got up. I heard the car stop and a car door slam. So I go to look out the window. I don't see anything. I thought maybe they parked on the side of the house that wasn't visible from any windows. Nothing. I waited a few seconds and thought, was I just hearing things? I could have sworn I heard a car. The house was quiet. I didn't hear anything. No one. So I turned the TV on and just sat frozen until my grandma came home for lunch. And then about 10 years ago, I had a little cousin that would stay with my grandma. He was maybe four or five years old at the time. The bathroom at the old home was always creepy. There was a window in the bathroom that looked out the backyard and there was one security light back there. I always hated to use that bathroom at night by myself because I would get this feeling I was being watched. Well, my little cousin also hated it. And one night he came screaming out the bathroom. When asked why he was screaming and scared, he said he saw a face. A face that looked like bones. A skeleton yeah. face. And he never wanted to go back in that bathroom alone. He was so frightened. Kind of just confirmed why I had always had that feeling. Around the same time, my aunt had taken some photos of him. And in one of those photos, you can see a black figure standing behind him. A manly figure. Looked like he was wearing a top hat. I feel, in my opinion, whatever he had saw was in that picture, too. Mm. That one creeped me out. Man. That skeleton face. That'd be pretty cool, I think. <laughs> I'd be posting up with him like that. <laughs> All right. Thank you for those stories, man. Those were awesome, boy. I tell you what, we keep getting lots and lots of stories. We appreciate all of them. And uh, we're probably going to have to take turns on this one. Okay, this is from... Uh, this one's from Ivan and Kelly Singer. But this first story is actually from Ivan. Uh, I went with my good friend Ross Black Blackwater to Gracemere, British Columbia for a rodeo back in the summer of 1980. After cabaret, we went to a friend's house to party. After a while, we decided to go back to our host's house. It was decided I would drive our friend's car and his niece would ride with me. However, she decided to stay. I asked her for directions, but she was too inebriated to talk, so I followed her slurred instructions. I didn't really understand what she said afterwards. I found out she said the turn to her uncle's house was about 50 feet from the turnoff to the house we were at. Anyways, 
I turned right and proceeded down the road and couldn't see the turn, so I kept going. I soon came to an open area where there was wheat fields, and I knew I had gone too far. I decided to turn around because the car I was driving started stalling. I was able to turn, and the car stalled. It was late summer, and it was quite cold, and I didn't have a jacket. I looked around, and I saw a white house with a red truck and a barn and corrals off to the left. I wasn't far from the turnoff, so I figured I would walk over and ask for help. When I started walking over to the house, I could hear a dog bark. I thought to myself, I hope that their dog doesn't bite. Anyways, as I looked towards the house, the lights were on and there was smoke coming out of the chimney. And the red truck was out front and a barn and corrals off to the left. As I got really close to the house, for some reason, I turned to look towards the highway. I just walked from when I turned back towards the house, what I saw next scared scared me. What I saw freaked me out. I could feel the hair on the back of my neck standing, and I started to shake. I really tried hard to keep my composure. Anyway, the house standing before me was burnt to the foundation, and the truck was all burnt up, and the barn and the corrals were also burned down. I was scared. I turned and started walking back to the highway where I left the car. I did not look back until I heard the dog barking again. To my shock, the house was there with all the lights on and the red truck was parked outside and the barn and corrals were still standing. I was totally freaked out and couldn't believe what I was seeing. I started to pray and ask God to protect me. I made it back to the car and tried starting it. The engine turned over and I put it into gear and it stalled again. But I was able to move it off the road halfway into the ditch. I kept looking towards the house which was still there and I could still hear the dog barking. I found a small banker and wrapped up in it and thought, How did I get into this should have just stayed with Ross? Instead of volunteering to drive our friend's car back to his house, Just as I was getting comfortable, I heard a vehicle coming and I jumped out and ran up the incline to the highway. And the vehicle I heard had gone by was a few hundred feet down the road. I started waving at them and to my relief, they stopped and turned back towards me. When they pulled up, they were some cowboys I had made friends with. After I didn't show up at the friend's place, they started worrying about me and they went back to the house where they had left me at earlier and they told me, told them I left soon after they left. So they decided to drive down the road to look for me. 
They said, luckily, I had heard them pass because of the way I had parked the vehicle I was in. They didn't see me. When I got in, one of the guys commented that my face was white like I had seen a ghost. That's when I told them what had happened. They all looked at each other in disbelief. That's when they told me the house I went to had burnt down with the family still inside. All the three were dead in the fire and their dog. The fire somehow spread to the truck and also to the barn and to the corrals. When we all looked over to where I had gone for help, there was nothing there except the remains of the fire. When I went into my friend's house, I repeated my story, and they were all quite surprised. Apparently, others have seen the house appear at different times. So I wasn't the first to see the house when it reappears from the twilight zone. On our way home, I showed Ross where the house was. We prayed for the family that lost their lives in the fire. The highway is the one where you turn before Fernie to the U.S. border. That makes you to Whitefish, Montana. So, thank you for that story. That's a pretty awesome story. A hoe and my doe. This second story, if you can read it. In 2001, I was living with my ex and our three children in North Lethbridge in an apartment, in an apartment on Bannock Street. Anyways, one night we were trying to get our two boys to go to bed. The younger one wanted to stay up, but I told him he couldn't. Then he said he needed the bathroom afterwards. He wanted water. So I let him have some water. By that time, I was starting to get annoyed, and I told him... I told him and his brother, okay, no more excuses. It's late and you have school in the morning. So I walked both of them downstairs where the bedrooms were located. The younger one who kept stalling then said, I don't want to sleep in our room because it's scary. I said, boy, what next? I told him, okay, you guys, okay, you guys can sleep on our bed. Then the younger one said, can I have some water? And I told him, no, you just had some. Come on, get to bed. He put his head down and slowly walked into our bedroom. I then gave each of them a kiss and told him good night. Again, the younger one said he wanted water, and again I said no. He then asked if I could leave the lights on. I told him I would leave the lamp on the nightstand on. He said, okay, in a pouty manner. I finally got them to bed upstairs. I told my ex if she wanted to watch TV for a while, and she agreed. Anyway, she was holding our daughter, who was still awake. I sat on the couch, and she told me to move over. That she wanted to lay down. So I moved over and she and she laid down holding our daughter on top of her. Just as I was getting comfortable, I heard footsteps coming up the stairs. I told my wife ex. I told my ex, geez, that kid, he wanted water again. I then called him and told him to go to bed and the footsteps stopped. My ex said, just let him have some water. Maybe he'll settle down. So I called him and said, so I called him and said, okay, come upstairs and get some water. We both heard the little footsteps coming up the stairs and we were both looking towards the entrance of the stairwell. Next thing we heard the tap, the tap turn on and the glass cups that were in the clean dish rack clanging against each other. My ex with a bewildered look said, oh my God, did you see our son go into the kitchen? And I said, no. So I told her move because her head was resting on my lap. 
I proceeded to walk swiftly into the kitchen, which was divided by a wall from the living room. Upon making a turn around the wall that separates the kitchen from the living room, I heard footsteps going towards the stairwell. As I hurriedly ran towards the stairwell, I noticed to my astonishment that not only was the tap still on, there was also a glass of water on the kitchen counter. As I started down as I started down the stairs, I could hear the tiny footsteps running down the second part of the stairs that led to the ground floor where the bedrooms are located. As I made the turn to go down the second flight of stairs, I could hear the footsteps already running across the basement floor. As I reached the ground floor, I saw my children's door open and then the light turned on. As I hurried past our room, I glanced into our room and our boys were both asleep. At that moment, I got this really eerie feeling that really eerie feeling and to make my sudden fear worse, the door to my children's room slammed shut and the lights went out right after that. When I reached the door to their room, I opened the door and quickly opened the lights. Uh, By this time, the hair on the back of my neck was standing. As I entered the room, I noticed it was really cold in there, even though the heat was on. As I slowly turned and started to walk out, I felt this thickness and chills running up my back. And to enhance my already scared state, as I stepped out the room, my door suddenly slammed behind me. My God, you should have just—you should have seen me jump. I think I just out. I think I just about jumped out of my skin, and I started to shake, and my legs felt weak. Mm. By the time I got to the stairs, my ex was standing on the landing, standing on the landing, holding our daughter. She asked me if I had seen anything, to which I shakingly responded, "No, there was no one." She said, "Oh my God, what was it?" I told her, "I think it was a ghost." She then asked where are the boys and i told her they're in our room she asked me what should what should we do and i told her i was going to call my adopted father so i called my dad and i told him what just happened he then asked me if we had anything to make a smudge with and i told him i didn't think so i then remember the kids had bought some bought kids had brought home these small bags of sage and sweet grass which had been given to them by their native Lazon worker, Lazon, Lazon worker. I told my dad about them, and he said to go outside and find a willow branch. To which I responded, "I don't think I can find one. Remember, we live in a city." He then instructed me to get my belt, which I did. He then told me to light the smudge and to pray and to go in all the rooms in the house while simultaneously whipping my belt in the air around the room. He then told me once I had gone through all the rooms to open the door to the outside and ask the spirit to leave. I did what he told me to do. And the weird and scary thing was when I went into the room where the spirit had ran into the smudge turned bright red, like something was blowing on it and the smoke looked like something was fading it, causing it to move erratically. I then went up the stairs and opened the door and asked whoever the spirit whoever the spirit was that was bothering us to leave when i did the ladder when i did the ladder my ex was standing about two steps up holding our daughter this dark shadow and a strong gust of wind swooshed by me the gust of wind that swooshed by me was so strong it blew my hair out of place and it also moved my ex's hair out of place after this happened we closed the door me and my ex talked about what just happened we both came to the conclusion the spirit was the friend of our children who recently had a very tragic death. During the ceremony I performed, I 
During the ceremony I performed, I had called her name and asked if it was her that she needed to go to heaven and we would pray for her safe journey. A hoe for that story. That's awesome. That was a... So the belt, was that just to help move the smoke around, I guess? Well, sometimes, you know, some people say, you know, uh, that's kind of a way to drive them out, you know, because, you know, you trying to whip them and stuff oh really okay but you know sometimes that backfires sometimes so if you're gonna try it better be confident because if not you know sometimes these things like to fight back Mm. and you're gonna try to whoop it it's gonna try to do something equally or worse to you so you know uh, i know a lot of people still try to do that kind of practice, but you know, I'd say maybe sixty-five percent of the time they're successful. You know, you have the rest. You know, it backfires and it gets worse. And so, just be cautious what you try. You know, again, you know, I know some people believe that, and so be it. Here's the third story from uh, Kaylee Shade Singer. I sometimes get eerie feelings when renting rooms at hotels. Never know what happens when people rent the rooms. Anyway, a a few weeks back, my husband, son, and sister-in-law and myself got a room for the weekend at this place where we went for stick games. One of the nights I started dreaming I was in a room seemed like a storage room. And I saw the spirit who I was yelling at telling him to get out. He was not wanted. Here he should not be here. To leave and apparently I woke up everyone by yelling. And my husband woke him up and told me to turn the light on. He said there was a shadow of a man standing beside me crouched over. And looking at me, I got scared and we prayed before trying to go back to sleep. Most times when renting rooms, I usually like leaving a light on for uncertainty in that eerie feeling. That's that story. And he's all from the same person. Yeah, it's a a, a husband and wife. Another one? Yeah. Whoa. This was an Ottawa. This was an Ottawa Devil in Ottawa Devil and Hall, Quebec, in nineteen ninety. Me and three members of our chief and council traveled to Ottawa, mm. Ontario, to meet with Indian Affairs Director of General Director General of Social Policy. Uh, anyways, our delegation left Calgary, Alberta, at three in the three in the afternoon for Toronto, Toronto, Ontario, from where we would change planes to Ottawa. We arrived in Toronto at 9 p.m. Eastern time and arrived in Ottawa at 10 p.m. We caught a taxi from the airport to Hull, Quebec, which is across the river from Ottawa and where the head office is for Indian Affairs. We checked into our rooms and after a long flight, we were all hungry. And upon upon inquiring with the front desk, we we could get something to eat. We were informed the restaurant was closed. However, the night attendant told us there was a donair shop down the street so we decided to go there 
being that it was February, it was really cold because it was snowing or more like blizzarding outside. When we arrived at the Donaire shop, the waiter showed us to our table and being that we did not have much of of a choice, we all ordered a Donaire sandwich. Just as we got our order, the door opened and an elderly gentleman walked in. When he entered, we couldn't help noticing how he was dressed. He had this thin black, this black thin windbreaker, which was something you'd wear during the summer. We'd also notice he was carrying a small black gym bag and we couldn't help noticing the way he looked. If you have ever seen the show Grease, well, this guy looked like he was a throwback from that era, the 60s. When he came in, he put his bag down and pulled his comb out and and proceeded to comb his hair. And between us, we made some remarks on how he fashioned his hair just like Elvis. And we laughed. Anyways, he ordered a coffee from the waiter and proceeded to seat himself at a table right behind us. As he passed us, he, he greeted us by saying, Good evening, gentlemen. The waiter brought him his coffee and we continued to eat and conversed about how bad the weather was outside. All of a sudden, he told us, did you know I'm a brother to you, Blood Indians? To which one of us responded, oh, really? And he said, yes, I am Sioux Indian from South Dakota. Mm. This was this was where things really got strange. How did this guy know we were Blood Indians? He then said, I just came from the Bridge Inn, which is a hotel in Lethbridge, Alberta, and the tavern there is usually frequented by members from the neighboring reserves, which is the Blood Inn pagan reserves mm. i think and a, and a handful of crees and caucasians one of my counselors cautioned us not to talk to him by saying in blackfoot to not talk to him because that he was the devil to which the guy replied yep that's me and let out this weird little chortle of a laugh which sounded evil the next things he said to us made me cringe and i started to pray silently he went on to name certain individuals from our tribe, especially one who was a member of our chief and council. He said, these people are currently at my house partying, especially the member of our council. He is really having a good time with my girls. I couldn't resist. And I told him, I think the man you're talking about is drinking because I know him and I know him and he has quit drinking for quite a few years to which he replied. That's what he likes people to think, but he's lying to all of you. Again, one of the counselors said not to talk to him, that he was an evil person. We finished our meal, and as we prepared to leave, he suddenly got up, picked up his bag, and proceeded to leave. As he walked by us, he told us in the Blackfoot language, uh, I will see you again. He proceeded to the counter and threw a bill on the counter and walked out. We were not too far behind him as we approached the counter. The waiter looked at the money the guy had thrown on the counters and said, Wow, $20. Maybe he's paying for your coffees. To which we all explained immediately, No, that's not okay. As I have indicated, we were not too, we were not too far behind this guy when we were leaving. So when we went outside, as I have also mentioned, it was really cold and it had been blizzarding. We looked to see which way this guy went. And we noticed that there was no footprints or the s- in snow in either direction. Mm. At that point, we all started to get really freaked out and we hurriedly made our way back to our hotel. Once inside, we talked about what just happened and could not come up with an answer other than it was an evil spirit that we just had encountered. 
As I write the story, I still get this creepy feeling, and I am certain that on that particular night, we certainly met the devil in whole Quebec. In respect to those individuals that this person mentioned, I did not mention their names. Unfortunately, two of my dear friends that were there that night have passed on, Mm. and the third is still with us. As a Christian and a true believer and follower of our spiritual ways, I believe there is an evil spirit out there, and its presence is evident by what is happening in our communities. So let's all pray for ourselves and our family and our people for God to keep us safe and to protect us from the forces of evil. Amen. A hoe and my doe. Man, that's pretty scary. I mean, I thought so. I mean, that just went completely different from like where I thought it was going. Because when they said that guy walked in, I thought they were going to say they were the only people that could see him. And nobody else could see him. But then he ordered his coffee and he talked to the waiter. So I thought, well, I don't know what's going to happen now. And then, I mean, just to speak in their language and know people. and You know, uh, I got a chance to uh, go up to Canada when I was a young guy. And then later on, later on in life, I got to go up there. And, you know, they have a lot of stories like that. You'll hear a lot of stories that, you know, they'll talk about, you know, somebody will come into a bar and he'll be well-dressed, you know, very sharp looking. Women are just attracted to him, you know, and everybody just kind of are drawn to him, but he has a creepy vibe. You know, they have stories like that. You know, he'll this individual have uh, gloves on, you know, and he's constantly pulling out money. He's constantly, but he knows everybody and their family, you know, he'll, he'll name them, you know, he'll not only name them in their English name, but their native name, you know, their Indian name. Mm -hmm. And you hear this, this one really brings me back to my childhood because I remember going up there hearing these kind of devil stories and I always loved those stories. Those were, those always blew me away. I always have to hand it to those Canadians. They've got some, definitely eerie stories but again you know when i was younger you know back then i don't know how it is today but you know a lot of these places they were few and far between you know there wasn't it wasn't like uh oklahoma where you know you have a lot of communities you know these reservations were you know like 100 couple hundred miles from each other you know and and secluded places you know and, and same way with you know some of these uh cities you know they weren't they might be big cities, but, you know, that's all that was there. You know, you have to go way down the road to get to some of these other places. So there was a lot of distances. So for me, it made sense to, you know, you might run into something out there in that country. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, when they those guys talk about mountains, they've got mountains, you know, and, you know, they've got different areas where you don't see anybody. And so, I don't know. I really enjoyed that story. That was pretty awesome. I liked it, too. It was a good one. <laughs> Let me see if I can read this This uh, fifth one. You know, again, we really appreciate these stories. These are awesome. <clears throat> this story is about what I call Blackfoot Black Magic. Uh, I am uh, going to forget about the events leading up to what happened to me prior to Christmas 2006. 
All I'm going to say is before this weird, creepy experience happened, I had a group of people who were giving a lot of trouble because they thought they should have secured the position of Indian Residential Settlement Agreement Liaison Officer. During this time period, this group of people were making up stories that I was being paid by a group of lawyers for my data base, when in fact I reported them to the authorities. In the end, these people and the lawyer they worked for were investigated and the lawyer disbarred. So I have to admit my integrity was left in track or intact. Anyways, from what heard from some reliable sources, some of these individuals were cursing me, which explains what happened next. I was on the roof of my house putting up the Christmas lights and I was just stapling the end of the last strand of lights when all of a sudden I felt a sharp searing pain in my middle finger of my left hand. What I saw scared me because there was no way I could have stapled my finger because my hands were about a foot from each other. Also, there was no sharp or jagged pieces of wood where I had been, where my hand was. The, the silver entered my finger on the inside at the first top part of your finger where the line is and ran all the way down to the top of my palm. I got this really eerie feeling. I started to shake and feel lightheaded. I knelt there for a few minutes and then proceeded to gather my tools. I climbed down the ladder and went inside my ex. Ex's place was in the kitchen. My ex was in the kitchen and when she saw me, she said, What's wrong with you? You look like you saw a ghost. To which I responded shakily, No, I think someone shot me with some bad medicine. I showed her my finger and explained to her what just happened. I told her I am going to call my sister and brother-in-law who were members of the Horn and Motaki Society. When I called, they weren't home, so I called my adopted father, Harrison Wolfchild Sr., when he got on the phone, I explained what had just happened and what my suspicions were. He told me to get a tweezer and to pull it out. He was still on the phone when I tried to pull the silver out. I told him it's in there pretty deep. I'm going to have to cut into the cut into the cut which is where the silver was embedded. I finally managed to get a hold of the tip, and by that time, blood started to come out. Anyways, as I started to pull on the silver, it felt like there was barbs of this on the sides of it because it really burnt when I started pulling it out. When I pulled it out, I got on the phone and told him, I got it out. He told me, are you sure you got all of it? I said, yes. It didn't even break. He asked me, how does it look? I told him, it looks like really coarse hair. He said, it's probably horse hair. 
I then asked my ex gra ex grab me something to pull put it in because it was really freaking me out because it was moving back and forth. She grabbed the envelope from the top of the fridge and when I placed that hair in the envelope I closed it. To my acknowledgement anon astonishment to my astonishment the hair was moving inside the envelope and was making like a tapping noise. This really scared me. My ex and I then got back on the phone with my dad and I asked him what do I do now? He told me to light a smudge with a sage and sweet grass and to, to make sure I place my smudge box near an open window. Once I did what he said, I asked what now he said. Use the tweezers and pick up the hair and pray that whatever and whoever used this kind of curse will not get hurt by it or their family. He said, pray that doesn't affect you and your family. He then told me to place the hair on the burning sage and sweet grass. I did what he said and all of a sudden this putrid rotten smell per permeated the air. And a black cloud rose up from the burning smudge and went out the window. As I looked out the window to see where the black smoke went, I could see it as it blew still all together for a short distance and it dissipated and disappeared. Me and my ex both were looking out and she looked at me with, and said, look, and exclaimed exclaimed I pray and hope to God whatever that was and whoever sent it doesn't get hurt especially if they have children I got back on the phone and I told my dad what I smelt and saw he told me to keep praying what just happened was not good he told me to get my family over to his place and we would paint our faces and then changed his mind and said, My sister Molly just got home that he was going to come over and smudge the house and pray for us. I later told my sister and she told me they would also pray for my safety. I heard stories of this happening to people and I, as I was growing up. I heard many stories by my grandmother about my people getting shot with a curse and how they and their family suffered. That's if it was not caught at the right time. Thank God I caught it. And in spite of who did this to me, I prayed that God forgive and help them and that their families remain safe. Because these things go back to whoever sent it. When the person shot is cursed by medicine men or women to rid it from their host's body and usually not very good, Things happen to the user of bad medicine. You know, again, I, I really want to say Mado for these stories. You know, these are stories that, you know, I've kind of talked about on previous, you know, episodes, you know, of shooting hares. You know, that was common amongst the tribes. This was awesome. These stories, you know, you singers up there, I have to say, Aho and Mado, you know, you Canadians still keep these these old ways going. These are old stories, you know, again, you used to hear prominent, 
down here in Indian country, down here, we've kind of lost that kind of knowledge and those kind of stories. But I sure appreciate that, that you sent these and you shared these. Aho and Mado. Love the Canadian stories, man. Those are awesome. We always have some good. I the one, I think the first one I heard from you was that um, is when we did that Bigfoot episode, and it was you're talking about Stickman, mm-hmm. and it had that battle, and that was from up that way. Yeah, and I was just like, man, that's a movie. <laughs> like, yeah, visually, are- I mean, it you could see it, and then I mean, just the way they, what they do, and everything, like it's just like, I mean, it's crazy. Like it's a, uh, I enjoy a story from up that way. Man, that just makes me want to go back up there, man. I just, man, this, all of those stories they sent in were just, man, those were, those were keen, mm-hmm. keen stories. Mm-hmm. Aho. Thank you. Yeah, we have a lot of listeners up there, too. Mm. So I'm happy to, I'm always happy to have their stories. And if you're, if you're from there, up there that way, send them in. We love to read them off and talk about them. And I mean, just reminisce, too, because. Chris, we've talked about that stuff like throughout this show, like dang over almost two years now, mm-hmm. coming up on two years of this show. There's a lot of a lot of things that are talked about on this show. So when you're telling that story, I was just remembering, yeah, shooting hairs and I mean getting rid of stuff, and I mean it's just stuff I hear. So and it made me think back of that stick man story. Yeah, so. <laughs> you know it. Those are cool stories, man. It just brought me back to my childhood. I'm like, man, I want to hear some more now. I like that devil one. Yeah, that one. I think that one's probably my favorite one from up from those like that group of stories. Like just because I thought it was going one way and it just totally went another way. Mm. It was like you're meeting the devil, you're meeting this evil spirit, and it just knows. Mm-hmm. And then the way it said, like, you know, I know you're a councilman and. He's mm-hmm. partying with me and these girls or something and mm-hmm. no and like no he's lying to you <laughs> like it's just like oh man, man. <laughs> those were cool I I have to just say man that's just that's just awesome you know every one of those stories you know Ivan and Kylie Singer again I appreciate that you know again. May the creator bless you guys for sharing that information with us down here. You know, we're we're pitiful people down here, you know, in Oklahoma. So, again, appreciate that. Oh, amazing stories, everybody. I mean, this was just a load of stories from different people mm-hmm. on this episode. And we appreciate all the stories that reached out to us once again. I mean, if you have any stories like regarding this episode or just anything in general, in tomorrow way and we'll read them yep we'll discuss them if you have questions ask us in that message or something too i mean i just want to say we have the best listeners out there you know again you know i, I appreciate each and every one of you you know everybody that sent in stories you know throughout this year you know you made this fun you know this 2023 was an awesome year and this first recording we're coming out of the gate fist flying so again you know i appreciate that you guys supporting us i hope we can continue counting on you guys for that support you know we're looking for bigger and better things in 2024 mud yep coming out swinging throwing high knees mm. doing all that elbows <laughs> and we're still looking for christmas presents yeah no, no, I'm just i know it i'm just pitiful over here no <laughs> 
Yeah, I got got my sweatshirt on, got my hat, got my shoes, got everything. So, <laughs> my dog, guys. Yep. Thank you, everybody, for listening, tuning in, and it's going to be a great year. Man, 2023 was fun, like Chris said, so we're going to keep it going. And I guess let everybody know where to follow you, Chris. You can find me on... Uh, uh, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and YouTube under Christopher Honka Hill. Mado. Find me at russmus 49 on Instagram. Follow me on Facebook or add me, Russell Sunnygo, uh, at Oki Podcast on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram at Spirit Talkers Podcast. Uh, on TikTok at Spirit underscore Talkers. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Spirit Talkers Podcast. Hit that bell so you get notified when we have stuff on there. And we are on Facebook as well. Spirit Talkers Podcast. Go follow the page. Keep up with the page. And I don't know. You had something to say? Please share this. We want to try to double our followers this year. But oh. Yeah. So follow this or follow us. Share this everybody. Let everybody know who we are, what we do. Um, and we, we appreciate that very much. And shout out to Southwest Trading Company. Shout out to Native Co. Bead and Supply. Uh, go check them out. Southwest Trading Company is in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, South, or not South, uh, Native Co. Bead and Supply is in Ada, Oklahoma. So go check them out. And let them know we sent you. Follow them on Facebook as well or Instagram. And keep up with where they may be at. And conferences, powwows, I mean, they set up everywhere. And they have their own shops as well. So go check them out. And I think that's it. I think. Did I forget anything? Nope. And I guess, yeah. Thank you for every, thank you for all the stories, everybody. We appreciate them. Keep them coming. And smudge up. Smudge up.